Welcome to Hope City Online. It's so good to see you today. and We hope you're going to be blessed by the message today. If you do enjoy our sermons, then why don't you press the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss out on any one of our sermons. We upload them every single week. And if you want to give to us today, there is a link to donate in the description. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the message. Hello, it's great to see you again today. I'm here with Pastor Andrew. And Andrew, we're going to be giving a word today that I know is going to encourage a lot of people because this is a prophetic word for what God is doing in this hour through His church. Amen. And it's about new wineskins today. We want to talk to you today about taking on a new wineskin because this is what God wants to do. God has new wine for you, new wine for His church. And in order to hold it, to take hold of the new wine, we need a new wineskin, don't we, Andrew? And it's interesting that when we look in Scripture, the new wineskin is a prophetic picture of what God wants to do today. That's right, Keith. And I, I really sensed as I've been praying over the last few weeks that this, as you said, Keith, is a prophetic word for this hour. Mm. In fact, as I've been praying about this message, I I saw many people as they were listening to this, Keith, replaying the message over and over again. And I don't say that about too many messages, but this is one that I want to encourage you to play repeatedly. And I sense God saying that there will be phrases and words that will be keys that will unlock your future and it calls you to make sense of what is taking place in this hour. And so God has said to us, this is the hour to understand the new wine and the new wine scheme. Yeah, that's good, Andrew. So take hold of this today, amen. This is gonna upgrade you and bless you with new wine for your life. So we go to Matthew chapter nine, verse 14, where Jesus talks about the concept of new wine and new wine skins. And it says, then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? For them, uh, sorry, this time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. No one sews a patch of untrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. It's an amazing word from Jesus. And the new wine he's talking about, that is the life of Holy Spirit for you today the new greater life of Holy Spirit. And the new one, Andrew, is about new strategies. It's about the purposes of God in your life for His church in this season. And new wine often is a picture of harvest time, isn't it? It's a picture of joy and celebration, the promises of God fulfilled. It's exciting. It is, Keith. And we've sensed in our hearts that there is new wine coming for the body of Christ. There's Mm -hmm. been anticipation that God's about to do something profound. And so the question has to be, why hasn't it come? Where's Mm. the wine? Mm. Where's the wine that we've been praying for and fasting for and longing for? And so Keith, if the wine is not being poured out, the issue is not with God. The issue is that the wine skin is not right for the wine. Mm. You see, God's not gonna pour new wine into old wine skins because he loves the church. And uh, if we maintain and hold on to our wine skins that are old and inflexible, then we'll have a degree of Uh, fruitfulness, the old wine will still be there, but we'll miss out on what God wants to do. So you've talked about the new wine and also it's mentioned in this passage, the new wine scheme, which is a picture of flexibility, new Mm. mindsets, uh, 
having a a blank canvas for yeah. God to do what he wants to do. That's good. The shape that we're in, Keith, needs to be suitable for what God wants to pour out. Mm. And uh, that's so important that you understand that we need to have a shape that that is uh, ready for what God yeah. wants to do. Yeah. Wine skins, as you know, they... Um, they had to be emptied and renewed before the wine could be poured mm. in. And so for us, we're in a season where we're emptying out all the preconceived ideas of, of how God should move and what he should do, what church looks like, what it means to, to be a believer in this day and age. All that's being emptied out and we're saying, God, reshape us. You do what you want to do. We want the new wine. Mm. We value the wine over our wine skin. And that's yeah. really important. If we value the wine skin, well, we'll get stuck with the old wine. Yeah. But we value what God wants to do. And that's so important yeah. for the church to hear. What God wants for this season is more important than our wine yeah, skin. that's good. And so for the wine skin to be reshaped and renewed, it had to go through a process. So the wine would be poured out. And so for many of us, it's like, where's God? You know, it seems like the, the wine has been poured out and we're missing something. There's a, a lull in the kingdom. And so what's happened, the wine's been poured out and the wine skin has been submerged in water. And that's what they did. And they would soak it in water for a long time. So that's a picture, Keith, of us being immersed in the word of God. Mm, We've been key. in a season locked away. And it's just God in us, we're speaking to Him and He's speaking to us and God's reframing what He wants to do in our life. So it's emerged in water and then when it comes out of the water, then we massage oil into the wineskin and mm. that gives it a new degree of flexibility. And this is really important because we want to make sure that when the new wine comes, that we allow the wine to create the form and shape and not the wineskin. So the wineskin is flexible and allows the wine to come in. And, and that's really important because the shape needs to be determined by the wine, not the wine skin. Yeah. If we've got preconceived ideas, then a new wine's not gonna come. Yeah. But if we're flexible and we say, God, you pour in the new wine and let your wine determine the shape of the wine skin, yeah. that's when God's gonna pour out his spirit. Yeah, that's good, that's good. So we're talking about a new shape for the new methods of God. Yeah. So God has got new methods for the church, for your life in this hour. And as you were saying, we need a new wine skin for that. And we see in Matthew 9, we see that John the Baptist, that he had preached, he'd prayed and he'd prepared the way for the new wine. But now he and his disciples, they aren't so sure, are they? They aren't no. so sure about the changes that had come through Jesus. John said, are you the one or should we look for another? So you can see that he's conflicted because there were new thoughts coming, new processes of God, new methods. And John's disciples, they're not sure because they are confronted they with are. change. Change is always hard. I think they're rattled a bit. They are, they are. They don't want the new grange. They want to keep the old Lambrusco. But Jesus has come and the, John's disciples are confronted. Their leader is unsure. His time is coming to an end. Yeah. Jesus is beginning. And I suppose the question we need to ask ourselves, Andrew, is are we wineskin stuck in a previous generation's shape, method and form? That's right. Because we don't want to be the generation that doesn't recognise the current form, the current method of God and how he wants to move in this hour. Yeah. And there's a great example of this in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, where it says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. 
Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. It's an amazing story, isn't it? It is an amazing story, Keith. And I think this is a picture of what is taking place right now. You see, Jesus in this story is up in the mountain. So it's a picture of Jesus ascending into heaven and now he's in heaven and he's interceding for the church. So mm. This is like a, a macro picture of what's taking place. And so the disciples are traveling from one side to the other. So it's a picture of the church throughout the ages trying to get from one side to yeah. the other. Yeah. And, uh, and you notice, Keith, that just before dawn, there's this resistance. So there's lots of turmoil. Mm. And that's the age that we're in right now. Yeah, it's good. The disciples are taking a lot of water on their boat and they're mm. freaking out. Where are you, God? You know, this was not supposed to turn out like this. You know, we're locked in our house, COVID's come, yeah. and we're not feeling too good about That's our future. Right. Yeah. But Jesus is about to appear. But what's really interesting in this story, Keith, is he's disguised in another form. Mm. He's in an environment the disciples are not used to seeing him. So they were used to Jesus on the shore, yeah. uh, telling parables and mm. all the things that Jesus did, but Jesus didn't belong in the water, mm. certainly not looking like a ghost. No. And so they failed to recognize the form and the shape that Jesus comes to them in this last hour. Mm. And so Jesus comes to them looking totally different to how he's looked before. So it's a challenge for the church, Keith, that We've got to get ready because in this hour, Jesus is coming in forms and shapes that we've never seen him in yeah, before. Wow. And it's a picture of getting a new wineskin. Yeah. If we're not ready, we're going to miss out on what God is about to do. Yeah. And not only is he coming in new shapes and forms, but he's going to call the church into a new realm. Mm. You know, uh, we're used to being in the boat, but Jesus calls in this story, Peter out into a whole new realm of walking on the water. Yeah. In fact, we're going to discover that we were created to walk on water, not live in a boat. Yeah. So in this season, we're going to get called out to glorious realms of authority and breakthrough mm. that we could never imagine before. Yeah. And so we're going to have to have eyes to see Jesus in forms and shapes that we've never seen before. That's why we need to be flexible for this yeah, hour. That's good, yeah. And in order to do that, in order to go into the new realm, we need to transition wineskins, don't we? See, John's disciples and Jesus' disciples, they were two different wineskins. Jesus said to John's disciples, we're not going to do this the old way anymore. Yeah. There's a new day, there's a new realm that I want you to enter. And it may have been successful in the past, what they were doing previously, the old wine set, but it wasn't gonna cut it for the new day. See, John's disciples, they did not want to make this shift into a new season, didn't they? They were resistant. They developed a routine, a way of life, a way of thinking. They had an old wineskin mindset that they didn't want to let go of. And we can do this ourselves, can't we? We can get into patterns. We can get into mindsets, ways of doing life, ways of perceiving and seeing God that can stop us from shifting into that new day. That's right. And, and we know with John's disciples, that only two disciples transitioned yeah. from John's realm into the kingdom of, of God under Jesus' rule and reign, the new structure. Yeah. So that was Andrew, of well, course. Well done, Andrew. Yes. And, uh, and Keith, no, yeah. Andrew, Andrew and John. Yeah. We think it's John. Yeah. But those two transitioned from, mm. from one structure and form into the new structure. So that tells us, Keith, that, that not too many people do that. Yeah, absolutely.
Yeah, you're right. Like, um, it, it can be hard, challenging to transition. People can find it challenging. Yeah. That's because they don't want to embrace a new day, a new mindset. And that is a key for you today to be open and ready to transition into what God has for you. Yeah. And so we, we read in John chapter 1, verse 35, that the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following him and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. Yeah, so yeah. you notice, Keith, that Andrew transitioned at four in the four. afternoon. Yeah. So whenever we read scripture like this and there's numbers like that, it's not just random. It's mm. not like... Yeah, we just chuck it in. That's yeah. it. But, but there's little keys there, yeah. keys that give us kingdom insight. And four, Keith, as you know, is the number of creation. Yeah. And it's also the number of seasons, four seasons in a year. And so what we see here is that God is wanting to enlarge us because he wants to express himself, mm. in, himself in new and creative ways. Yeah. So the kingdom of God can fill the earth. And so this is what's happening that to make that transition and it's at four o'clock because God's saying mm. that as you make this transition, there's going to be creative ways that you're going to see me at work. And also we understand that God knows the structures necessary to accommodate and produce his plan in every season yeah. on earth. And so we need to get a revelation of this, that as we transition from the old to the new, that God's going to give us creative ideas and it's going to shift us into the seasons that he has for our yeah, life. That's right. That's good. And that, that's what God is looking for in this hour, isn't it? Uh, the, and the question, sorry, is who will transition from one season into the new season, the new season of God. Now, we see examples of people in the Bible who transitioned, who took on a new wineskin. Joshua and Caleb did it, didn't they? They'd yeah. taken on a new wineskin for the hour, the right wineskin for the right wine for that hour. They embraced the present form of God. And we see that Andrew and John, they did the same, didn't they? That's right. And so, Keith, what God's been saying to me is that he wants to transition the church into a realm of bigger thinking. Mm, amen. I've been saying, That's God, why, why isn't the, the, the wine coming? And I felt God say, because my church hasn't transitioned into the realm of bigger thinking. So what I want to do is on such a bigger scale than yeah. you could ever dream possible. And, you know, we, we went through that season, Keith, and, and I found it starting again, where we were seeing 11, 11 mm. all the time. But, yeah. You know, I look at my clock and it'll be 11, 11. And 11 is the number of, of new or that which is overdue. Yeah. And, and it started happening again, Keith, I'm seeing 11, 11. And so God's saying there are things in the kingdom that are overdue that are, and so I, I feel like the church is being out of sync with what God wants to do. Mm. And he's saying, what I want to do is overdue right now. Mm. And 11, the 11th hour comes before the start of a new day. Joseph was the 11th son of, of Jacob. Yeah. He was the dreamer. And he received revelation that transitioned Israel into the new day. Mm. And this was during a time of incredible economic downturn. Yeah. And, and Joseph was raised up by God to transition Israel into the new and the overdue. And so I felt God say that he's about to give the church an incredible upgrade into bigger thinking. Mm. Matthew 11, 11 mm. tells us that the 
that the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. So John was the greatest Old Testament prophet. He was the one that was transitioning and connecting the old to the new. And it says here that the very least in the kingdom. So if you're feeling like you don't have much to give, mm. you, my friend, you are greater in capacity than John the Baptist, Elijah, yeah. Moses, Amen. David, and big Solomon. Boys. They're, yeah. the, they're the big boys <laughs> yeah. of the kingdom. Yeah. The, the big women of the kingdom, yes. Ruth. And all the great, and Deborah, those great women of the kingdom, it says that you are greater than these. Amen. So that's what we're going through. The old wineskin of limitation that, that put God in a box, that has to be put aside and, and made new. So the wine, the enormity of what God's going to do would come. Yeah. So Keith, I feel like the acceleration, and we talked about the start of the year, there's acceleration coming in a profound way. And that's not so much... God want to accelerating what God's doing now, but it's, mm. He's accelerating the church so we would get back into sync with what God's about to do. So I felt like we've been out of step. And Amos 3.3 says that two can't walk together unless they're in agreement. So this acceleration that is coming to the church is to speed us up so we can get back in step with what God's doing right yeah, now. Yeah, that's awesome, Andrew. Yeah, so we declare that you are coming into alignment with the purposes of God today, amen, that there is acceleration on everyone yes. watching today. And even as you're watching this, God is realigning you to get in time with His clock for this earth, for your life and the right hour for the church. And we've actually, we've got an amazing example of what's happening. We want to show you a video from Gary Beaton and he's, he's been very kind. He's given us permission to show you this video today. And it, he explains a, an encounter with the Lord he had in hospital with the, the great prophet Bob Jones, who was about to pass away. And God showed up and did an amazing thing. He, he moved the clock, he sped up time. So there was the clock on the wall in the hospital and on the clock, it was five to 12 at night. And then they noticed that the minute hand on the clock started to speed up and accelerate. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that it stops at 8 p.m., just stops temporarily, temporarily, sorry, and then it starts going again, and then it stops again, bang on 12 midnight. It went 12 hours in five minutes. That would have um, caused me to you know, think twice about everything. Yeah. But that, was an, that is an amazing sign from God, an amazing prophetic picture of what God is doing in this hour. So we wanna show you that clip right now. You know, one of the greatest joys of my life was to get to spend the last seven and a half years with Bob Jones in his life and be mentored by him and to get to serve him and Bonnie through those years. I had the uh, privilege and the honor of being with Bob in the last two weeks of his life with Bonnie and her kids in the hospital. And you know, a lot of supernatural things took place as that veil between heaven and earth got thinner and thinner with Bob in that room. There were angelic hosts in their midst. A lot of supernatural things took place. I'll tell you one of those stories today. And uh, it had to do on February 6, 2014, on that evening, on Thursday night, and the following Thursday night, February 13th. Both happened at 11.55 at night. At 11.55 at night, on that Thursday night, February 6th, someone noticed something extraordinary, and that was the minute hand began to move in an accelerated way around and around and around, really fast. I had never seen anything like it in my life. We were all stunned. We're staring at this clock. By the time I got my uh, phone going to record it, it was around 5 a.m. in the morning that the, the hand had started at midnight at 11.55, and it was going around 
and around and around. By the time we saw it, we're all staring at it going, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. We're all staring at it like, it, what is it doing? You know, we'd never seen anything like this in our lives. That a minute hand on a clock is actually accelerating, going very fast. We knew in the moment, because so many other supernatural things had been happening the past two weeks, that this certainly had to be something from the Lord. We didn't understand what it meant at the time. We're just staring at it. And sure enough, the minute hand went round and round and round, hour by hour, hour by hour. It went round and round until it came up to about 8 p.m. in the evening at about uh, what we would say 10 till 8. It started to slow down, and it got to the 8 o'clock mark, and it synced up at 8 and stopped for a few seconds. Then it began again. One, two, three, four, five. Went started spinning rapidly again and again. Nine, ten, eleven. And about 11.45, 11.50 at night, it starts to slow up again, and it sinks right at midnight. And we were stunned because it was right at midnight on our watches and on our, our cell phones. The clock actually sinks up at midnight, our time. It had gone 12 hours in five minutes. We're like, what? How did this happen? 12 hours and five minutes and actually sunk up exactly at midnight to our real time. And then it started, the second hand started going again. And it's like, no way. How did this happen? And we're all stunned. We captured this uh, on our cameras. And it, it was phenomenal, knowing we're in a phenomenal moment. Well, we were thinking, did the hospital, all the clocks in the hospital, do this at 11.55 every night or every Thursday night? We found out later, there's no way. The hospital told us the clocks do not sink. At 11.55 at night, every night or Thursday night, we would hear about it. The hospital staff would hear if all the clocks started spinning wildly. So it was only Bob's room, only Bob's room. On those two Thursday nights, did it uh, accelerate one week apart to the moment. And, you know, two is a uh, number for witness. It's a number for testimony. But God was trying to tell us something. You know, when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, um, he told Pharaoh, you know, the meaning of your dreams, your two dreams are one and the same. And it means it's from God and it's going to happen soon. And so we knew this was a sign and a wonder from the Lord that whatever was happening, whatever this sim symbolized prophetically, this is going to happen soon. It had already started. And so the Lord was trying to say, basically, that I believe that the church is in an accelerated moment. That with Bob Jones's passing, it was a symbol and a sign to the whole earth for the church, for the body of Christ, that the church was in an accelerated motion from the hand of the Lord. That we had actually effectively been behind, probably by five minutes, on eternal time. There's a scripture that says our times are in his hands. That's Kronos our time. There's another scripture in Daniel 7.25 that says that the Antichrist tries to change the set times and laws of God. That's Kairos. That's God's time. Well, he's not allowed to. God won't let him try to change the set times and laws of God. But God can. He can alter his own time. That's what he's doing with this reference about Bob Jones's clock, is that God can alter Kairos time, his time, and actually alter Kronos time in the earth to line up with his time. And the Lord was using Bob Jones's death to signify prophetically to the whole earth that he was bringing the church from actually being behind five minutes on eternal time, on Kairos time. And he was 
moving the hands of time forward to bring us right in sync with eternal time. That Kairos eternal time would sync up with earth's time. That the church would sync up, finally be synced up with heaven's plan. We've actually been behind, and we've known it. We've actually been behind and, and actually in a, in a pressed position. But he's accelerating us now to be synced up with heaven's clock so we can be moving ahead again in a forward position effectively. Wow, well that, that, that is an amazing clip, isn't it? It is amazing. What an amazing story. And that we wanted to show you that, say, because we feel that, that that is a picture of what God is doing in the life of the church in this hour. And it's interesting, Andrew, that the clock stops at 8 p.m. It's fascinating. It stops temporarily and then it goes again all the way to midnight. And eight in Scripture, that is a number of new beginnings, isn't yes. it? The number of new beginnings. So God is wanting to position us for a new beginning. And acceleration is really about the alignment with Him, His purpose and his season. So we believe that God is realigning you in this hour to be accelerated into the new season of kingdom authority and identity because that is what the acceleration on the church is to inhabit the kingdom authority and the true identity that God has for us in this hour. Yeah, you're right. So the new wineskin, Keith, that's coming, uh, it's going to be amazing. Mm. One of the things that will be a result of that is that we're going to have new kingdom authority. Amen a new kingdom identity. Amen, yeah, that's awesome. And it is interesting that at the conclusion of Matthew 9, 17, the conversation between Jesus and John's disciples, at the conclusion of that, where Jesus talks about the new white skin, we immediately transition to another story, one that speaks specifically on kingdom authority and identity. So we can see here that there's a link, a correlation between the new white skin and the new kingdom identity and authority that's coming. And in Matthew chapter nine, verse 18, it says, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. Amazing. It is. So in this story, Keith, the number 12 was repeated twice. Mm. A young girl that's 12 years old and a woman that she's bleeding for 12 years. So mm. we know that 12 was the number of kingdom government yeah. and, and, and the rule of God. So what we want to point out here is that in this new wineskin, two things are going to happen. God's going to release kingdom authority and kingdom identity. This young girl is 12 years old and she's a picture of kingdom authority mm. that God wants to release. She's, we, they think she's dead, but she's asleep. Yeah. So it's, it's a picture of the authority that God has for the church. It's, it's, it hasn't gone. It's just dormant and asleep. Yeah. So 12 Keith is when a young girl, a Jewish girl, she goes for a bat mitzvah mm. and uh, she then is accountable for her life. She's welcomed into the adult life, the community of, of the Jewish uh, faith. Yep. And so she's recognized as one that carries the same authority as an, as an adult. Mm. And so it's a picture for us today that this kingdom authority, the, the enemy wants to steal 
from us. We're right on the edge of walking into the fullness of that authority. Yeah. So Jairus is told that his daughter is dead. And the enemy wants to tell the church that we don't have authority, that the, the days of miracles, of signs and wonders, of dreams, it's all gone. But Jesus says, do not be afraid, only believe She's just asleep. So Jesus is saying to the church right now, it may not look like you've got a lot of authority, but Mm. don't be afraid. My kingdom purpose shall stand. Yeah, that's awesome, Andrew. Yeah, so the plans of God in your life are not dead today. I mean, they are being awakened. That's right. In the name of Jesus, we just declare that your new plans and purposes, the plans of God are being awakened in your life right now. And it's interesting, Andrew, you know, we could say that the past generations or the generation has been asleep in some respect. And now there is a call from God to awaken, rise again and reach a new level of maturity. And in order to to do that, we must come into agreement with what Jesus is saying, declaring over his church in this hour. And we need to declare We need to declare the thoughts and the heart of God because this is the decade where God wants the church to rise up and be a powerful authoritative voice. That's right. Yeah. And we can see, you know, we see in the story that there was opposition. The crowd were laughing. And that is a picture of the enemy, the opposition that comes against us. You know, they say it says in verse 24, sorry, that they laughed at Jesus' words. And that is that is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to undermine us. He wants to laugh at the plans and purposes of God. He wants to tell us that we're never going to fulfill our destiny, but that is simply not true, amen. And this is why we need to be declaring the thoughts and the heart of God, because that is what is going to awaken his plans and the new one of your life today. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the decade of pay, the Hebrew word, mm. 5780 is this decade. And it's a decade, Keith, where the church is learning the power of declaring the word of God. Pay is breath or mouth. So as we speak, we are releasing the very breath and life of God into our community, into our nation. This is a season, church, to declare the Mm. word of God over your life, over your family, over your workplace, over, over the economy over every sector of life. The enemy wants to shut us down. He wants to say it's dead, it's finished, be quiet, uh, to speak words of hopelessness. But this is the age of declaration. Isn't it interesting, Keith, that at this very time when the church is called to speak, Mm. it's ironic that that this last week, we've been Mm. told that everyone has to put on a mask mask, over your face. So it's like the enemy, and I'm not saying we shouldn't wear a mask, Mm. But, but it's, a, it's a picture that the enemy wants to silence the church. He wants yeah. to put a mask over our face so we can't talk clearly. We can't articulate what God is saying. Mm. But I'm telling you today, everyone that can hear my voice, this is the time. This is a prophetic decade where we are declare the word of the Lord. We are to speak forth the promises yeah, of God. That's good. Yeah. And it's interesting that we see in... Mark 5, 38, that interpretation of this story, it says that the people were crying and wailing loudly. So think about that. Their agreement with the hopelessness of the situation was empowering the enemy. And only Peter, James and John were allowed to come in because they had embraced a new wineskin. They were able to transition from the old form to the new because they weren't partnering with hopelessness. And that is a key for you today. We can never partner with hopelessness and transition. We have to partner with hope, with the declarations, the thoughts of God for the hour. Yeah. So this new wineskin is going to be 
it's it's for those that are prophetic. Yeah. It's for those that declare. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be like Peter, James and mm, John's amen. right in the thick of things. Yeah. And so we, Jesus speaks to this little girl and there's uh, an account of that in Luke 8, 54. Mm. And he says to the girl, little girl, I say to you, arise. And so... It's time for the church to, to rise up into maturity. Yeah. You know, you, we cannot die in spiritual infancy. And I say to the church, this is the age to arise. Yeah. You may feel like you've been beaten up and battered, but I prophesy over you today that God is speaking mm. into your heart today. And he is saying by the spirit of God, it is time to arise. This mm. is our finest hour, church. Mm. And so Jesus speaks to this little girl and, he's, and he says to the parents, give us something to eat and don't tell anyone about this. Mm. So this is a time, church, to begin to feed on what God is saying. Yeah. And don't tell anyone else about this. So it's really important, Keith, when we allow God to change our wineskin, that we make sure that we're with other people yeah. that are like-minded. Yeah, that's and right. so they could have gone out and told all the others that were laughing and, and she could have lost her miracle. Yeah. So this is a time to be around like-minded people that hear what God is saying. That's right, that's good. Yeah, that's a great key today, to partner with the people that are aware of the prophetic nature of the hour, I mean. Yeah. And so we see the second example in this story in verse 18, of chapter nine, and that is the woman with the issue of blood. She's been bleeding for 12 years. And think about this, this is a picture of the church today. There was this woman, she had this ongoing issue. She was a good woman, a righteous woman, but she had an issue that needed to be resolved. And that is that is a picture of the church today. We're righteous, we're made in God's image, we have the righteousness, the authority of God in us, but we have ongoing issues that need to be dealt with for us to accelerate into the new hour. Yeah. I think the Achilles heel of so many believers has been an identity mm. issue. And uh, it's something that stirs my heart, Keith, yeah. because God wants the church in wholeness because, you know, um, the enemy is no threat to the church. No. What's going on is, is no big deal. If the church comes into a level of identity, we'll, we'll kick goals. We'll, yeah. We will take this whole kingdom to a whole new yeah, level. Amen. If we can come into a, a realm of true identity. See, uh, this woman, she had the potential for reproduction. She was mature. Mm. She, could, um, she could give birth to lots of children mm. in, the, in the natural, but her problem was she was bleeding. And when yeah. you're bleeding, when a woman's bleeding, she can't give birth mm. and she can't be intimate. So mm. if the bleeding can stop, the reproduction will come. And it's the same in the church. If we deal with the issues of identity, reproduction will naturally flow. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. So, and that's, as we were saying, you know, we're good people, righteousness, but there can be issues with our identity and that will stop us from birthing the promises of God. And Paul tells us in Romans that we need to reckon ourselves as being dead unto sin. Our sins and the sins that have been brought against us, but we need to be alive unto God, reckon mm. ourselves alive through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's Romans 6, verse 11. So it's really talking about what we focus our attention That's on, isn't right. it? If we focus on what is dead, we, we will 
stay in that pattern, we'll be having a lifestyle of trying to resurrect things that have yeah. been dead, but we are considered dead to sin and alive to God. When we focus our energy and attention on that, that's when we inhabit the authority, the correct identity and the promises of God. So we don't try and communicate, resurrect what is dead, do we, Andrew? That's right. This is like, you know, it's just... It's not fruitful for our lives today. It's going to keep us in the old season, the old mindset. We need to focus on what God's given us. I yeah, mean, so yeah. many people are communicating with, with grief and pain, mm. and it's it's really unproductive. And I say, you know, there's a place for inner healing, Keith. Mm. You know that I believe that. Yeah. But he, here's the problem, and I don't want people to misunderstand me and, and say Andrew doesn't believe in inner healing and sozo, and mm. they're all good things in their place, but. Here's my take, and, and some may or may not agree with me, but this is what I've learned in my life, yeah. is that inner healing is like going to hospital for day surgery. You go in, yeah. you get, you know, sorted you might out. get sorted <laughs> out, get an injection, and you come home. Yeah. Here's my theory. If you stay in hospital too long, it's not a good sign you normally die. No. The longer you're in hospital, the less chance you've got of getting That's out. Right. Yeah. So inner healing is not supposed to go for 10 years. And if you keep going back for inner healing time after time, sounds like Cindy Lauper, doesn't it? <laughs> but if you keep going back over and over again, there's something wrong. You're communicating with the dead. Yeah, that's good. And what happens there, if you focus on those issues, on what's dead, you will hinder kingdom expression, what God wants to express through you for his church. So after years of identifying her life with her issues. This woman, she sees Jesus, doesn't she? And she yeah. presses through to find her true identity. She touches the garment and she is set free. So there is an effort involved here to press through. And we have to press through those issues and pursue Jesus because it was her belief in the wholeness of Christ and his ability to make all things new that was greater than her belief of her brokenness, her uncleanliness. She viewed Jesus in the right way. She stopped looking at her brokenness and she went for wholeness. She pressed through, she clung to the hem of his garment and the garment speaks of authority, amen, the authority of God and it speaks of identity. That's right. The identity of God and we are clothed in the identity of God's garments, the resurrection life of Jesus. It's his garment, his identity, which is our true identity. It shows us that we are new creations, amen. That's right. What you touch, you become. Yeah. If you touch dead bodies, you become unclean. Yeah. If you touch Jesus and his identity, you take that on. Yeah. So I say to people, if you're having trouble with your identity, it's what you focus on. Mm. It, it, it sounds really strange, but, uh, but this is me. This is my pain. Well, I'm not saying you don't have pain, but if you like this woman, see, she'd spent all she had mm. and she got worse. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you keep nursing your pain, you will only get worse. Yeah. And, and that's why I see, Keith, people do inner healing. Not all, but a lot of them end up by getting worse. Yeah. I don't see a lot of victory. Yeah. And so the key is to press through and touch Jesus' garment and say, Lord, I believe that you're whole. I mm. believe that you're my answer. So I embrace that. I, I believe that you said I am whole. So I choose to believe that even when I don't feel like it. She touched him. Yeah. And the moment she touched his garment, the blood, the flow of blood dried up. Mm. The moment. Mm. 12 years versus one touch. Yeah. I'll take the one touch. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you today that wholeness is your birthright. And so part of this new sense of the wineskin, if we embrace the identity of Jesus, 
then the wine will begin to pour forth. Jesus is not going to pour his wine into old wineskins of negative identities and brokenness. Yeah. But if we, if we allow God to change the wineskin, then the, the wine will begin to pour. Yeah. And as I said before, once we're whole, well, the enemy's got no chance. That's it. Yeah, that's awesome. So in conclusion today, we just want to remind you, this is the hour of the new wineskin and the new wine. God is pouring out new wine. God has new strategies. God has new power and authority for this hour. But it's going to come to those that have a new wineskin. Yeah. And so we say, God, pour out the old wine, the mm. way you used to do things. I, I want to see what you're doing. So all my preconceived ideas, I lay them down. Mm. And I say, Lord, I want a new wineskin. Mm. And so when you pour in your wine, that my wineskin will take the form of your new wine. Yeah, amen. Amen. That's awesome. So we just want to pray for you right now as we close. We just want to release the kingdom acceleration and a new sense of authority and identity over people. So yeah. we just declare an upgrade in people today, God. I thank you, God, that you are pouring out new wine onto your church. I thank you, Jesus, that you have made everyone watching today to be flexible, to take on a new wineskin, to carry the new wine, the promises of God, the plans and purposes of God that you have for your church and everyone today individually. And we just declare right now, a new level of authority, a new level of kingdom acceleration. We ask Thank that you, you will realign us, Jesus, align us right now for this hour, for this season of authority. And we just break off any false mindsets, any yeah. wrong identities. And we focus on you, Jesus, and we just release a new level of wholeness, a new level of kingdom authority over people's lives. We just break any mindset that's been sown in people's lives, whether it's relationships, past pain, and we just declare wholeness with Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen. And I take authority over every religious mindset. Mm. Amen. And I say, be broken in Jesus' name. I see people that you've had a preconceived idea of how God would work in your life. And God's going to shatter those things. He's going to immerse them in the water of his word and give you an upgrade today. So, Father, we just say all our preconceived ideas, our religious ideas that we, we've clung hold of and they've become a model and a way that we say that you can only move through these paradigms. We release them to you and we say, Lord, upgrade them. Make, make our hearts flexible and that's why I sense, church, God wants our hearts flexible for what he would do in this hour. And I hear the cry of the Spirit now that we would lay down every preconceived idea in our own life, even in the way that God would operate in his kingdom. And we say, Lord, upgrade our hearts. Lord, we want our hearts to be flexible so the powerful wine. And here's the thing, church, the new wine that's coming has so much power that if it comes to an old wineskin, it would shatter it in a moment. Mm. And so new wine comes to a new wineskin. So I see the new wine coming. It's the power, the presence and the glory of God. It's about to be poured forth in such a magnificent way. And so this right now, don't waste this moment. Church, listen to me. Don't waste this moment. And I sense the urgency of the Spirit don't be locked at home listening to mindless Netflix and all these sorts of things. Get before the Spirit of God and say, God, reshape my wineskin. 
Make it flexible. Get it ready for what you want to do in this hour. And if you cry out to God in this hour, God is going to give you a new wineskin that is flexible. It's like you're going to come back in this hour and the wineskin will be ready. It'll, it'll be, there's going to be a shift in your wineskin. And when the wine of the Spirit comes, your wineskin will be enlarged to facilitate all that God wants to do. And it'll be moving here and there with the wine. You're going to be known as the most flexible believer that's on the, on the earth. Amen. I believe that in Jesus' yeah. name. Amen. Amen. So we bless you today. We encourage you today. Take a hold of this. Make sure to watch this message again. Amen. This is a word for you for this hour. So we bless you. Take care. Thank you for watching Hope City Online. We really hope you were blessed by the message today. And if God's spoken to you, why don't you leave us a comment? We would love to hear from you. If you do enjoy our messages, you can press the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss any one of our sermons. And if you want to give to us today, the link is in the description. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.